the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He says, you don't know these things. Therefore, you do not know the activity of God. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we are continuing our study in James chapter 5. So we're going to be in James chapter 5. This is finishing the study. And I entitled this message, How Do You Feel? So how do you feel? That's a pretty straightforward question, is it not? You know, it's a much often asked question. Yet some might respond by asking, well, how do I feel about what? Maybe, you know, we're being asked how we feel about paying taxes, where some might say, well, do you like being eaten by a great white shark? Uh, no. So we don't like to pay taxes either. Or maybe we're being asked how we feel about the morning work commute on the 405 freeway. And that leaves some to say, well, now we know how a snail feels when a snail wants to go somewhere. Yes, when asked how we feel, some of us need more clarification on exactly what aspect of our lives we're talking about. Because if we're talking about, you know, hitting our funny bone, well, that feels like a giant spring going off in my elbow. Or what about how we feel when we start falling for someone of the opposite sex. Well, now I can I can't speak for you ladies here, but I know the feeling from a man's perspective, it can cause us to say some pretty lame things. In fact, guys are known for saying some lame things when it comes to pickup lines for women. Men have tried to use these lame pickup lines on unsuspecting women. Like a weatherman once said, I'm a raindrop and I'm falling for you. And the girl responded with, oh, that's nice. Why don't you go cloud up and rain on someone else's parade? Bye-bye. A janitor said this, hey, you must be a broom because you just swept me off my feet. That's when the lady responded, that's right. And let me go ahead and just put you right in the trash right now. Okay. One guy who had his shirt unbuttoned, I'm stereotyping here. He had his shirt unbuttoned with a bunch of gold chains on. You know, he said, remember me? I think we met in a dream. And the woman replied with, yes, maybe so. I have a lot of bad nightmares. Okay. Then one desperate man said, I suffer from amnesia. Do I come here often? And the woman said, no, you should leave. (laughs) And the best pickup line of all was the very homely guy that all he could come up with is, hey, don't be so picky. (laughs) And the woman quickly responded, obviously I'm not. (laughs) Well, let's just say the chance of that pickup line working is a pretty slim zero and none. But there is one famous pickup line that some Christians have used, but to be honest, uh, well, it it has worked. Uh, One man said to a woman in church, 
you must be a Christian. And the woman said, well, why do you say that? Because you're the answer to my prayers, for I've been praying for a virtuous woman just like you. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm just trying to help you out, guys. Anyway, just throwing it out there. Okay. But getting back to our title here, How Do You Feel? What happens when someone asks us how we are feeling personally? Because that's an entirely different subject on how we feel personally, because we might not be doing so well mentally. We might not be doing so well spiritually. We might not be doing so well physically. In fact, the older we get, the more susceptible we are to getting sick. It was Leon Eldridge that said this quote, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself when I was younger. Hey, all you young people, listen up for that because it's coming one day. (laughs) Well, today, as we complete our study through the book of James, we will consider three points in light of our title, How Do You Feel? Number one, looking to endure. God wants us in for the long haul. He wants us to finish the course. Therefore, we have to endure whatever is thrown our way. Number two, persisting in life. We're not to give up. We're to persist. We're to keep moving forward. Number three, uh, confessing our sin. Because, well, look, none of us want to, but every now and then we trip up. Well, let's consider our first point, looking to endure. Let's read together, starting in James chapter 5. We left off last week in verse 9. We'll pick up in verse 10. It says, as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Obviously, he's talking about the Old Testament prophets. The New Testament book was not all put together with yet. Verse 11, behold, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It says, you've heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings and uh, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under judgment. Well, we'll stop there, and well, there's a lot there, so let's pull it apart. Notice when the subject of suffering and patience comes up, we are directed to look back at the Old Testament prophets of God who suffered through many trials. They suffered through many hardships. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, if it's possible This is why we're supposed to look back because it's much better to learn through the pain of others than to learn through our own pain. But secondly, the Bible says, and my wife looked at this at the women's study this last Tuesday night. Romans 15, 4 says, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Again, talking about the Old Testament scripture that was put together in Psalm 183, 186 BC. That's the 39 books of the Old Testament. And through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Yes, what was written 
in times past was written for our instruction. It was written for our encouragement so that we might have hope. Remember, that little word hope in the original language means to have an an expectation of good. It's to have a confidence with joy. And when we place our hope in the Lord, that expectation in God, what we're really saying is this, that we trust and we expect that God has our best interests at hand. No matter what the present or our outward circumstances might look like. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what hole we're in, somehow, some way, hope gives us as a Christian that God has his hand upon us. Because if we were honest, sometimes things can look extremely bleak, especially now, like our ongoing culture wars that keep getting sliced and diced in front of us. Crime is spiking to unbelievable heights with no reprieve in sight. So what are we to do looking forward? What are we to do? Well, we're to look back. That's what the Bible says. Look back. We're not to look back on our own personal lives. We're not to dig up our past. That would only depress us even more. But we are to look back into what God has recorded for you and for me by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We are to examine the truths that God spoke into the hearts of those who have believed, what God has spoke to those who have followed him, to what God has spoken and what he has laid out by those who trusted him thousands of years before. That's who we are to look back to through those times of great blessings that God blessed the people and in times of complete in despair and hopelessness, which we see many times over in the Old Testament. We are to see firsthand how the creator God had never ever left his people, how he never abandoned those who fully followed him. We're to see how God not only worked in the lives of the Old Testament prophets, but how he also worked in the lives of the chosen people of Israel, along with many non-Jews like Naaman, who God healed of leprosy, or the Ninevites, which were a wicked people. They were the descendants of the wicked Assyrians. They were enemies of Israel, yet God worked in them. He forgave them. And in what appears to be the biggest one-day revival of all of human history, where some 120,000 people repented of their sins. These were not Jews. These were just Gentile, heathen, pagan dogs, but yet they repented and God heard their prayers and forgave them all. Along with great Gentile women of faith, Not Jews, Gentiles like Rahab, a former prostitute who God used instrumentally in the conquering of Jericho when the people of God came into the promised land. And what about Ruth, the Moabite woman that God used mightily? Both of those women, both Rahab and Ruth, were both Gentile women, but yet they're found listed in the very genealogy of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But in the midst of all of the victories of the Old Testament, there were many in multitude of hardships. 
There was a great amount of difficulty. There were wars throughout the ages. There were persecutions. Yes, throughout time, many of God's people have had to endure seasons of great misery. They suffered through natural disasters. Think about Noah's time and the great flood that wiped out the entire planet. They suffered by unbelievers, other kingdoms that were raised up, like the Israelites being held captive and turned into slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. Many suffered at the hands of their own people, even like Jeremiah the prophet. He was taken, he was imprisoned, he was beaten by what? His own people, the priests, the people that were in charge of the church at that time all for speaking the truth of God's word. Yes, we can learn from the past godly men and women that have suffered and have endured hardship by standing in their faith. Many of them for simply just again speaking the truths of God's word. Let's not forget, John the Baptist was beheaded for his stand for righteousness because he was calling on the carpet Herod that had taken his brother's wife and was sleeping with his brother's wife and he had called it on the carpet and he lost his head for that. This again is why we're told in 2 Timothy 3.12, you're not gonna wanna hear this, but it is true. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Is it not coming to the United States? We've been a little blessed in this area and we haven't had to endure this. You think Christians in China have had to endure it in the last hundred years? What about Syria? What about Afghanistan right now? What do you think the Christians are like there? What about being a Christian in the country of Iran? They're suffering massive persecution. Well, it's starting to see that now here in America. And isn't it happening more and more? If we say that babies who are aborted are lives and those lives matter, we are ridiculed for that. And we're told, it's my body and my choice. If we use their line and say, well, I don't want to take the vaccine. It's my body, my choice. Oh, that doesn't work for you. That only works for us. It's like we're ridiculed. You don't have that right, they say. If we say a boy who identifies as a girl is still a boy, that God only made men and women, and we can't choose who God already has made us, then we are now transphobic. If we call sin, sin, we're judging other people. Who are you to judge anyone? We should be silenced, for now Christians have become intolerant bigots, they say. Yes, standing up for what we believe will include trial by fire, which will only get hotter as the days continue. But that's what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it not? The three young Hebrew young men that were thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not bow down to a statue of Nebuchadnezzar and they wouldn't worship it. God delivered them after they were thrown into a fiery furnace. That's when it was discovered that the only thing that was burning on them were the ropes that bound them. That's when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire and said, hold on, I thought we threw three people in there. Now there's four people in there and the fourth one looks like the son of God. Yes, they were unscathed. But understand, our obedience does not always lead us 
to a life of ease. Sometimes it's quite the opposite. Jesus was perfect, was he not? Jesus never sinned. Jesus was an obedient servant. And where did it get him? It led him right to the cross where he died for the sin of humanity. That's why we're told here to specifically consider Job. James pulls out Job. Job was an upright man. Job was a man who walked with God. And Satan challenged God concerning Job. Satan said to God, the only reason that Job follows you is because you have blessed him so much. That's the only reason. If everything was stripped away from him, he would curse you to your face, Satan said. As you know, God allowed Satan to afflict Job, and Job ended up losing all that he had. Job lost his family, all of his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his animals. A man's wealth was was regulated by how many animals he had, and he had thousands of animals. He lost everything. Job was only left with him and his wife, and his wife simply looked at her husband and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you go kill yourself? Job had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. He didn't know there was some challenge from Satan to God. In fact, he never knew that even at the end. But this is how Job responded to the fiery furnace of hardships that came his way. This is what he said in Job chapter 1 verse 20 after everything had been taken away. It says, Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground, and he worshiped God. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It goes on to say, through all of this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Wow. Yes, You never know what a man or a woman is made of until they go through the fire. Someone once said, Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what they're made of until you put them into hot water. And Job went through a huge fire. It's hard to find in the Bible or any other book of recorded history a man that suffered as much as Job suffered. Job lost his wealth. Job lost his health. He lost his children. His friends were all against him. And it seemed and it looked like God was even against him. Yet Job, he endured. Know this, God never wastes suffering in our lives. He never wastes it. He considers the testing of our faith more precious than gold. That's why the apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1 that your testing of your faith in God's eyes is more precious than gold itself. Job came to know God during this time of testing, during this time of fire in his life. He came to know God in a deeper and a more meaningful way. You will never understand God or be closer to him than in times of great trial and hardship it's just what happens you know there's a way that God touches us when we're in the deserts of life 
when we travel on those lonely paths of deep and dark valleys, when we sink in the quicksands of life, God seems to meet us in a way that he never meets us in any other way. Maybe it's because that's the only time that we have ears to truly listen. Yes, in the end, many suffering souls throughout time have been encouraged by the life of Job. And Job also received great blessings from the Lord. But some will still ask, but why did it all have to happen? Why did it all happen? Yes, God restored everything that he lost, but why did it have to happen? Why would God allow suffering to someone that he truly loves? Why would God simply not intervene on our behalf when we start going down that path of misery? Well, here's the answer. I, nor anyone else, can never answer that fully. We don't know those things. There is no way that our peanut-sized little finite mind can understand the infinite God. The way that God works at times you know, will always be a complete and utter mystery to us. And before we jump onto the bitter, bitter, bitter wagon and say, you know, shake our fists at God and say, why is God so unfair? The Bible reminds us in many places, here's one of them, says in Ecclesiastes 11.5, just as you do not know the path of the wind, you see the effects of the wind. I shouldn't say you see it, you feel it. I guess you can see it when the trees are blowing, but you don't know where it comes from. Where does the wind just happen? Like right now, today, it's not a windy day, but then other days it's windy. It's like, okay, well, what caused that? It's like, just as you don't know where the path of the wind or how the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, you might say, oh, I know how that happens. It's a little tadpole, do, 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 do. And he gets to the egg and he, I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm in, I'm in. Okay, oh, hold on. What causes that to turn into a baby? See, you can know the mechanics of it, but you don't understand how it happens. How does that baby grow and then turn into a full-blown human life? He says, you don't know these things. Therefore, you do not know the activity of God, the creator of all things. Yes, there were some questions. Job started to falter a little bit there after about 40 chapters of going through misery. And out of a whirlwind, God spoke to Job. Hey, Job, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I made the sunshine? Where were you when I stopped the oceans where that beats onto the sand? Where were you when I created the animals? And Job's just like, I think I'll be quiet right now. I have nothing to say. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death. We can have it all figured out at times. He goes, yeah, well, the way is death for you. It's like you don't have it all figured out. But concerning Job, this is what we do know. There's a lot that we don't know, and we don't know how that whole thing worked, but this is what we do know. Job's trials, they were caused by a satanic attack on his life. Yet God was glorified, and Job was purified. And millions, because Job, again, is believed to be the oldest book in the Bible, and millions upon millions have been encouraged by Job's response to all of the hardships and trials. Remember, if we never have to endure anything, then we will never learn anything. We'll never learn anything about endurance. Maybe you find yourself in a furnace that is filled with fire today. 
And the heat has been turned up hotter than it's ever been. You've got circumstances. You've got issues. You've got these vaccine mandates. You've got all this stuff that's happening around you. And you're just like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Fall on the grace and the mercy of God. You have a health issue. Something's happening in your body. You're not as healthy as you used to be. Things are going wrong inside of you. Fall on the grace and the mercy of God. Sin is taking over in your life. You don't know what you're going to do. I seem to be weaker now than I've ever been. Fall on the grace and the mercy of God. Cry out to the one who has his hand on the thermostat. He's the one that controls everything. He can intervene in all of our lives. Listen, if you are a Christian, you are not just some random human suffering for no reason. There is a reason behind everything that happens. You are a child of God, and you are part of the divine plan that God has for planet Earth, and you will one day stand in the presence of God. That's all the time we have for this message. Join us next time for part two. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Court Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Court Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Court Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at courtchurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.